Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Manchester is Red podcast from the Manchester Evening News. I'm your host, Rich Fay. I'm joined for this end of season special by the very excitable Tyron Marshall. Hello. And by Samuel Luckhurst. Hello. And what a week it has been for English football. You must, both must be giddy with excitement to see two All-English finals with no Manchester representation. <laughs> Uh, well, it, it was exciting. It was it was it's more exciting than watching United those games this week. Yeah, it's uh, been as, gra- as the City game was as well on Monday. It's been gradually building, hasn't it? Getting better and better every night. So yeah, until, until the Europa League, or yeah. well, even though it, that that had a penalty shootout in it as well. So yeah. so it means United Cardiff's going to be the best game of all time if yeah. this trend well, continues. No, it, it, isn't all, it? it all started with that draw at Huddersfield, didn't it? And then from there, it's just gradually <laughs> gone up and yeah. up and up. Upward up trajectory. Up. We've got the playoffs tonight as well. Yeah. Everything other than United is pretty exciting at the moment, isn't it? It it is going to be probably the sparsest uh, press box at Old Trafford in a long, long time. And I can imagine there'll be a lot of fans that will um, be giving that game a swerve as well. More food for you, though, in the the press box, if that's the case. (laughs) Not that you uh, (laughs) Not that any one of us are are greedy with No, not that space is the big thing in the Old Trafford press box. Yeah, that's true. You might be able to get a little bench to yourselves for for a change. But um, I guess the first question on this is what do you think your mood? Does just want to get this week over and done with and then put an end to what could be a really bad season and a season that could get much worse it's for United gonna get, fans. Yeah, it's it's going to get worse. Even the, the best case scenarios mean it's it's still going to be worse, whether it's Pochettino winning the Champions League, uh, which would just reflect absolutely horrendously on them. Um, I was thinking in terms of the cup final, I mean, United fans will not want City to win that for obvious reasons anyway but just the prospect of ending these players holidays early mean that they have to go off to some Europa League nobody's nobody's whatever you want to call them uh, in July 25th Uh, I think that's another that's another incentive for for United fans to hope that that Watford do do beat City next week uh, other than the obvious ones so it it has it's just been such a the last the last few weeks have been a real drag watching United it's just been I I think Jeffrey Boycott couldn't have summed it up better (laughs) on MUTV really Uh, quite what they were thinking getting him on to speak on propaganda the channel is I mean it was just a it was a spectacular own goal um, and, and one of the best things about the awards as well so uh, unfortunately some of us had to watch it and, and, and just see if there were any remote news lines coming out of it and uh yeah, as I said, the season's ending on Sunday and I don't think anybody cares whether United finish sixth or fifth. No, and maybe you'll be on MUTV yourself at the awards do next year. They're going to need someone else to replace Jeffrey, probably, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. yeah, speaking that <laughs> openly. To be as caustic about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. Equally yeah. as controversial Samuel Luckhurst next yeah, year. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if, it, if they'll rather have that or not, but we'll have to wait and see how this how this week goes. And Tyrone, do you echo that feeling? I mean, as Samuel said, it's remarkable just how badly the season's ended because it felt so when we talk about the bubble burst and stuff but it felt so optimistic and even when United had the poor run of form for it to continue and to even get worse than what we mm. thought the very low point was yeah how bad has this been well I mean the bubble has burst and flooded the floor hasn't it quite dramatically to think big that bubble <laughs> it was a very big bubble with a lot of water and the damage is is significant water damage is always tough to claim on insurance is, as well yeah, isn't it yeah 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 the there's quite a lot of hard work going through the insurers at the moment I mean, it has been absolutely spectacular, hasn't it? From you think of that, the high in Paris and how giddy and excitable and emotional everyone was that night. We were there and you think back to 
you know, sitting after the game and trying to take it all in, trying to make sense of what's just happened and just the utter euphoria that everyone felt that night. And then since then, two wins in 11 games. No good performances, you'd say, in those 11 games. Arsenal was probably the best. Arsenal and they lost was the, which was the best, which was yeah. the next one. The next game. After that, probably no decent performances. The ones they've won that were particularly unconvincing, it has just gone downhill so, so dramatically it literally was that Arsenal game which that's is a really really <laughs> scary thought yeah, yeah it just makes you feel 10 Ill, games without a good performance without a decent coherent where does this rank for you Samuel when you think about how awful Moyes was how awful Van Gaal was if you just take this last 11 games for United where that rank for you oh the the run itself yeah that this the, the run has probably been the worst post post Ferguson. Would you say it's on the because, level of Van Hal's draws, draws, yeah, draws? Yeah, the, there was that Van Gaal period from was it Pierce? It might have been PSV that nil nil at the end of November to pretty much all of December because they didn't win any of them. Uh, I mean that that was pretty desperate back then. I was going to ask well. if you had to have a box set of the games to watch and someone paid you which one are you which one are you flicking on first? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't. what a punishment. I mean th- there was something there was something like uh, engagingly entertaining about the Everton game this season. The, the, the at Goodison just just how you're almost hoping for more goals. Just yeah, expose this lot. Yeah, 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 score yeah, some more. yeah. sadistic. There yeah. was there was yeah. The, the, I think sadists would would always kind of like reach for that if. If there was a, a special standalone DVD of it, um, I mean, with the, the Moyes season, I I was personally convinced that he would just be hopeless for United. So it didn't feel that much of a shock when they were in the position that they were under him. I mean, there was there was a point in the season where the records were identical to Everton's mm. the previous season. You know, you get an Everton manager, you get a player from Everton, you get coaches from the Everton, and guess what? You transform into Everton pretty much overnight. Uh, with Van Gaal, there was a sense of optimism going into that 2015-16 season I mean we all uh, you can't beep anything out on this can you but I suppose we all you probably could do you want to beep (laughs) we we all feel like twats now for thinking that Damien Schneidlin uh, Schweinsteiger Depay would all be really really good players for United um, and they weren't and I suppose we all felt like that looking back on it in, in Paris after that remarkable comeback because it, it was a remarkable thing to see, to witness. But even that comeback has been uh, trumped by what Liverpool did and what Tottenham did this week. So, I mean, you say yeah. you felt like one, but Rio Ferdinand <laughs> clip oh. after that game saying the real Man United are back. Ooh. Give it all a let it, it was, they, they, they were back for one night only, weren't they? Uh, and obviously Gary Neville said you know where do you want your statue and Fernand said just like here's here's the paper put, put how many uh, years numbers whatever he wants on it the, the the giddyometer really did go into overdrive and of course what's, of what's we, more worrying maybe is that those two people are two people that many fans want to be the new technical director of United yeah. and I yes guess, to be fair they were fulfilling roles in the media at that point yeah, and, and from you, a media point of view we all got carried away that night I wrote a piece the next morning saying just give him the job this week but then so you're to blame sorry <laughs> well I, I, I I'm going to absolve myself from blame, but I was always Ed Woodward who's yeah. to blame yes, in, these, exactly. in these situations. Well, I'm I, we're allowed to, in the media. We're allowed to get carried away. It's almost part of the job. You reflect. You partly reflect. You've got to move. Right. Mood. You've got to ride the waves, haven't you? Yeah, you've got to reflect the mood, and the mood was euphoric at that time. But we're not paid the monstrous salaries to take a step back and you know no, we're paid. A, we're paid those salaries for something else, aren't we're, we? <laughs> we are. Yeah. 
we're, you know, we're not paid the big money such as Woodward and the people in power there to take a step back and just go, right, that was amazing. Is this, are we absolutely sure about this? Have we weighed up the pros and cons? Have we given it a good thought? So, you know, we, we did we did get carried away. Everyone got carried away. It was a euphoric, famous, incredible night. And given all that come before it, it did feel like United were on the way back. It's proved now to be a bit of a, a mirage. But this is the situation we're in now, so... Yeah, and I guess while we touched on this, I mean, you, you were at the presser, you both were today, and feeling the point of this assistant manager, so the euphoria does live on a bit, but again, it's not as the technical director role, yeah. and that's still still a bit peculiar. What is Feeling's role officially? Do you have any, well, any clarification? Well, it is assistant manager, but in these recruitment meetings, I think certain reports on him have kind of conflated what he's been doing behind the scenes to what his actual role is, um, because I suppose because he's been sitting in these recruitment meetings with Solskjaer and, and Ed Woodward, some have assumed maybe that he was doubling or, or would become the technical director. I think he was just doubling as it. He did want that job. I think if he were to be asked about it now, he would obviously say, oh no, I always wanted to be the assistant manager. I think if that were the case, then they'd have tied him down to that role much quicker than, than they have done. Uh, he was he was certainly being considered for it. Solskjaer went on record as saying he wanted him to continue in the role he was currently in, which I think was overlooked um, quite a bit in, in certain quarters. Uh, it, it is, in in his non-playing career, it has been the only role Phelan's actually you know, really been good at in, 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 to all intents and purposes uh, during his time with Ferguson. Although even with that, I think that period where he was assistant... It was a five-year period. You you compare him with Ferguson's other assistants and you see what Archie Knox did and obviously those two rode out that that storm in those opening years and they, they did they did get that breakthrough FA Cup win. Brian Kidd did an awful lot of work with the development side, um, bringing kids through. Keros was kind of like a, a manager in his own right. He was very influential with his tactics. Steve McLaren was a new wave coach. Phelan is probably the only one who... His, his, his reputation has been enhanced by virtue of not being at the club from when uh, Moyes got rid of him. And of course, it does help having um, having someone in who, who knows the club, but that has become such a tedious cliche. And this obsession with considering someone who has ties with the club uh, to become the technical director, which is what Solskjaer alluded to today. Again, it's I, I just think that is such a misguided thought process they just need someone who's completely objective has no ties to the club who's going to go in there and butt heads because United have been the butt of jokes uh, for for so many years in, in terms of recruitment strategy and they just need someone who is completely detached from the whole glory glory Man United the United way the DNA the, the mythical stuff I mean I, I don't think I've ever used DNA in a piece ever and I never <laughs> will do either it's, it's, it's a horrendous cliche I find and they just they they've got to shy away from that. Whether they, I, I have no faith that they will do. Um, they just need an expert in that field. But it's very difficult to identify uh, an expert in that field. You look at Liverpool, uh, Michael Edwards. He comes from a player recruitment background at Portsmouth. That's that seems a logical way to go about it. Someone who actually analyses players all across the world and what which and then puts it down to the ones who uh, seem best to recruit for, for United the, when they came around handing out the press releases this morning announcing the, the Mike Phelan news the first bit of the headline 
on the press release you saw was Mike Phelan appointed and I mean my heart skipped a beat for a moment I thought it was going to say technical director I guess Tyrone as well Samuel said that the the first issue is not just getting someone away from the club but the problem is that they've already left it too late to to maybe have a successful summer well uh, yeah I mean they've wanted this position filled for months and months and months and they seem no clearer to actually knowing what they want the person to do it's just been a complete a complete shambles they've gone from Paul Mitchell who comes from that recruitment background tends to work under the radar perhaps is not as much under the radar as the Liverpool guy that Samuel mentioned who is completely he, whose name you've already forgotten he doesn't yeah. give ins- I think doesn't give any interviews yeah. if you google yeah. him the first result exactly that. Get is Eddie the Eagle yeah it was also called Michael yes Edwards. yeah he's yeah. the only pictures you'll find of him yeah. so unless and it actually is Eddie the Eagle then that would be good which would be <laughs> would be good then that's what he doesn't give interviews yeah but yeah like you said that's the whole point you shouldn't these these people that's the problem maybe with Edward Wood is that he's the most famous chief executive in world football and I guess or that's famous yeah. most famous inverse commas sporting director yeah. in yes. world football in which, yeah, you know, I mean the if the best, if there's two excellent candidates for the job and one of them used to play for United, then by all means, appoint the one that used to play for United. And at the same time, if you think Rio Ferdinand's got something to offer in some capacity at United, find a job for him there, create a job for him there, get him in. Plenty of clubs do it. And it's what Ajax did with Overmars and Van der Sar. Van der Sar didn't walk into the job of, what's his job there, technical director? Technical director, yeah. He did he didn't business walk into that job, course. he did marketing for first yeah. and spent four years learning the ropes. He's, he's the chief executive now. Chief exec yeah. now, yeah. isn't he? Sorry, that's it, yeah. And uh, Overmars is director of football, yeah. isn't he? But they both came in. Overmars came in and worked the academy. Van der Sar came in and worked as marketing manager and learned the ropes. They've not been parachuted in from the TV to these, these top jobs. So by all means, create jobs for people and bring former players back if they've got interest in business in in lower roles but for now this this role has got to be about recruitment and for that you need the best people in recruitment rather than people who've got no background in recruitment but happen to know what the United Way means whatever on earth it does mean it's just well, when we find out we'll let the listeners know because we're no way clearer to know him but apparently the United Way is attacking football with young players we might get that against wow, Cardiff yes. this weekend who knows it's an open goal for Solskjaer isn't it to learn from that Mourinho mistake of last year when he fielded Michael Carrick Matteo Darmian Marcus Rojo Rojo, against Watford in a dead game at the end of the season. But it seems like there is optimism maybe from United fans that youth will get a chance this weekend and six young players did train with the first team earlier in the week. It would only be, it would be the only incentive for the season ticket holders to to show up, I'd have thought. I mean, that that is an exciting prospect. I think from our perspective as journalists as well, we want that because I know... They could finish fifth, but it is it is a dead rubber game. Effectively, um, it, it is pretty meaningless. But to have any excitement or enthusiasm around it, it would have to be invigorated by young players coming in and making their debuts, be it off the bench, be it starting the game. As I said last week or start of this week, I, he should only play players he knows are definitely going to be there next season. I think. So you wouldn't give Valencia his swan song. <laughs> Uh, I I personally wouldn't. I mean, it looks like he will at least get on, which you you can't really begrudge him. But it might. I, th- I think you in particular might feel sorry if Dylan Levitt sat on the bench there and, and isn't isn't the one to come on. Uh, two years ago, I think it was Matty Willock who was ready on the touchline to come on. By got injured, so that delayed that sub- that killed that substitution mm. and then in the end Angel Gomez came on so Matty Willock two years on is still waiting to make his United first team debut and unfortunately for him it's never going to happen because he's he's going to leave in the summer so having seen the, the, the teenagers who've been training over the last 
week with the first team. I think there have been seven of them. Uh, Pigmal and, and Levitt were the, the latest ones. You would hope that the majority of them will at least be involved in that squad uh, on Sunday. Yeah, that leaves us nicely, Tony. We'll get on to you after the break because this teaser question couldn't be more apt, <laughs> I don't think. Uh, we're going to have a short break, but before that, uh, this one's mainly for Samuel Tyrone, unless you've got extensive United knowledge. No, not too much Samuel. I no. A few people have. Jeffrey Boycott and Samuel. Yeah. Either way, <laughs> we shall see. Yeah, so for, before the break, uh, this one for all of you. United hold the record for giving players debuts on the final day of the season in the Premier League. 11 United players have made their debut on the last day of the season. Samuel's going to name them after the break. (laughs) Hello and welcome back to the Manchester's Red podcast for the Manchester Evening News. Before the break, we left you with a teaser. United have handed debuts to 11 players on the last day of a Premier League season. But who are the 11? Tyrone, do you want to... uh do you want to kickstart? It's going to get easier. We're going to slowly reveal some clues as well, maybe in right. terms of years okay. and opposition if, if required. But Tyrone, to kick us off. Did Gomez play on the last day a couple of years ago? Gomez. Angel Gomez did make his Premier League debut last day of the season. Any other offers? We've got 10 to go. Danny Higginbotham. Danny Higginbotham made his debut on the last day of the season against Barnsley. Barnsley 98. 98. Yeah. And he wasn't the only one. That's what I'm up against. And I'll have to come back to that, but that that, that is a clue at least. Uh, Richie Delat, Richie Delat made his debut against Hull City on yeah. the final day of the 2009 season. Dimitri Mitchell, Mitchell played against Palace. Yeah, Josh Harrop, Harrop played Harrop. against Palace. He scored, didn't he? Colin McKee against Coventry. Yes. See, if I, I, I'm going to be disappointed now because if I've got that one, I should get the others. Um, Let oh. me make a note of the ones we've not got so far, then. So that's one, two, three, four, five... Is that six? I believe so. Let me just... I mean, this is not good. I'm just going to go and make a cup of coffee. <laughs> <laughs> Let's have a look. So you've got six. McKee. Harrop, McKee, Mitchell, Gomez, Higginbotham, Delat. Yes. Yeah. Right. So this this is standard. I don't think it's right. Ronnie won't work. No. Not Chadwick. Nope. So let's get some clues. So four players made their debut against Palace. You've got three of them so far. Three. Gomez, Mitchell, Harrop. Harrop. And there's one other debutant. Oh, no. No. Joel Pereira isn't. Yes. No, he played against um, Wigan in the cup game earlier that season. Yeah, this is league debuts. Ah, these are league debuts, right. Okay. Should make so that abundantly clear. Yes. Okay, so you've got Pereira. That's another one. Uh, Michael Twiss. No. So someone else made their league debut alongside Richie Delat in that whole game in 2009. Crikey. It is a crikey. Richie So. Wasn't Eckersley? No. But I like your thinking. <laughs> Darren Gibson scored the goal, but yeah, yeah. wonder goal, wasn't it? Yeah, cut inside. I mean, the one positive is this podcast could be a record. 
record time, isn't it? Yeah. Phenomenal radio as well. I think I think I'll just concede and listen to the others. So it was Richie Delat and Lee Martin made their debuts oh, God, against yeah. Hull City. Bojan Georgic made his debut against, against Spurs. 2001. Higginbottom and Mullerton were against Barnsley. Who? M- Mul- Phil Mulrine. Oh, Phil Mulrine, yeah. Mulrine. Who became uh, a priest. Did he? Yeah. A good knowledge. <laughs> and then the final one who you didn't get, it was Colin McKee and Gary Neville against Gary Country. Neville. Yeah, Country. Country. Oh. So that was fun, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was Torture for our listeners, fun yeah. for us. But improvement we'll have more of those next yes. season so yeah. if you've not subscribed Yay. that's the type of content you're missing out on <laughs> I think you should release that as a native on Twitter as well yes. that would be so painful to listen to but I'm all for it um, so yeah Cardiff this weekend Tyrone we've always said that youngsters should get their chance yes. do you think Solskjaer will I mean he's, he said in the past that he's going to give you for chance and it's never always materialised but as Samuel said if you're not playing for that next season why should you yeah I don't really see any point in doing anything otherwise other than, I suppose, there is the possibility that they can finish fifth and leapfrog Arsenal. And because that seems to have been the one excuse, wasn't it? That yeah. Champions League football is still a faint... Maybe we'll see more of them on the bench. If they can finish fifth, then it saves them having to worry about City winning the FA Cup and all those sort of scenarios. And it saves the, the dawning possibility of the season starting on July the 25th. So finishing fifth over sixth is an incentive and it... Wouldn't be the greatest surprise if Arsenal lost at Burnley, especially after no, at least drop points. What they did last yeah. night, or at least drop points. Yeah, so so I guess there's that to balance up. But you'd like to think, I mean, you'd like to think Greenwood would, if he's fit enough now, would start. It feels like he's he's kind of earned it this season, and there is a real you know desperation amongst fans and probably Solskjaer himself to see what he can do and just how exciting he can be and how big a role he can play next season. Some of the others, maybe Chong starts. Some of the others, yeah, that's the question. The I guess for both of you, which youngsters do you think would actually start? I think Chong, Greenwood, Gomez Greenwood. Are, are the three. But Garner, he, he's Gomez. he's got the uh, the excuse as well. What with I mean, Lukaku, it's looking like it's fifty fifty if he plays. Uh, Lingard's not been playing for a while. Sanchez is injured or is injured uh, again. So, but but regardless, I think I think Chong's got a decent chance of of, of starting. I, he took Garner and Gomez to, to Huddersfield, but they didn't didn't make the bench. Um, so you're probably looking at that quartet of debutants who've come in this season as among mm. those having the best chance. I don't think all four of them will start. I'd, I'd like to think you know, the majority of them will start. I just don't think that'll be the case. He said today at his press conference it would be one or two youngsters who who start the game, although he's not always transparent with his team news. Uh, I, I, as I said earlier, just hopefully there are a lot of debutants, kids playing, because that is the only way it's going to be a remotely exciting game. Um, but I still imagine a lot of people will be checking the monitors in the press box seeing what's going on at Elsewhere. City, yeah. <laughs> what's going on at Brighton, what's going on at Anfield. It's- Tyron, do you agree with Samuel that maybe like Valencia? Where do you stand on him this weekend? I mean, if he's fit, which is a question in itself, would you would you play him from the start? Would you sub him on? Would you? Solskjaer seemed to intimate today that I mean, not been fit for six months, he's suddenly had a resurrection this week and is now fit enough to at least be involved. Um, I mean, Solskjaer did make the point that he has he has been a loyal servant at times. He has been player of the year he, it feels a long time ago now but he has contributed to United in the past 
and has been here for a long time, so perhaps he deserves a, a farewell. It just kind of feels like those days have been forgotten over the last couple of seasons because of the the more recent, you know, the recency bias, and it, 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 he's been pretty pointless to this squad more recently. So, but you, you could understand why he'd, he'd perhaps be keen to get him involved. Um, beyond that, I, I mean, you'd like to see Herrera, but it sounds like he might not be available, and if he is, well. You know, if he's got this move to PSG lined up, you can understand why he might not want to play in a meaningless game to say farewell. I'm sure he can come out for the lap of honour and and say his farewells there. So, but I, I think Valencia's probably got a good chance of at least coming off the bench. You'd yeah. like to think that Dallo will get a start at right back ahead of Ashley Young. I don't particularly see the points in in giving Young a go at right back. I think we need to see what Dallo can do in, in Will that you not position. be tempted to start Valencia and sub him off in the 25th minute? No. Guard of honour, everyone lift him up in the air. JT-esque. Yeah. No, I think that'd be the worst thing that might ever happen if that was to happen. Um, <laughs> the worst thing that's ever happened is quite... A, I mean, that's our feature for next week. Yeah, I don't true. think Valencia being subbed off in a... just be too, too cheesy. Yeah. It's not going to happen, is it? No. I, I do hate those minute... Yeah, applause these things yes, anyway but awful. and but especially because they're always in the wrong minute yeah yeah because the minute after yeah. the one you should start yeah. at the minute it's before no, but it's never in that minute yeah, yeah. It's, it's pedan- as pedantic as it sounds but yeah they're, they're abysmal it did take me a while as a kid to realise that scoring a goal in, when it says three minutes at the top oh, yeah, is actually well. the fourth yeah. minute mm. I just yeah. couldn't get around no probably until I was about probably last year I probably realised <laughs> that to be fair who knows? I mean, that's still... It, was, it, wasn't, it is a eureka moment. Yeah. But um, I guess if seeing youngsters wasn't one excuse for United fans to pack out Old Trafford tomorrow, they'll all be there eager to cheer on their player of the season, Luke Shaw, weren't they, Samuel? He <laughs> was awarded the uh, the award by fans and by his teammates as well on Thursday night. Shock for you? For possibly the first time all season I'm going to defend the players over the supporters in this case in that I can understand why the players voted for him because they'll have seen firsthand what he had to overcome to to win over Mourinho uh, get that contract and establish himself in the first team because he you know the only the only shame I suppose about him staying on at United is that we can't do our obituaries on him because there was so much to go out there from the time where Mourinho was manager so I can understand why they went with him the irony of fans complaining about him getting the Matt Busby Player of the Year award is that it was a fan led poll <laughs> and uh, that that was quite peculiar just as amusing also was that uh, fans voted for Pereira to win goal of the season Not over Anthony Marshall at who, Fulham well yeah but it's just the fact that Marshall is supposedly this massive internet phenomenon mm. with fans and he had a pretty good claim to win win it with the Fulham goal or the even the Cardiff team goal as well yeah uh, what was your goal this season I would have gone with Marshall at Fulham Tyrone I'd uh, probably go Marshall at Cardiff quite like that goal Marshall FC all around though. well yeah I know like, we, we said, can't yeah. be accused of bias here <laughs> but it, it wasn't a surprise you all got it it was the wrong outcome I mean it's it's much for muchness isn't it I think someone said it's like who's who's shorter than Danny DeVito contest <laughs> it, it was tantamount to that um, I, I, I think I think Lindelof was the most consistent but I suppose sure in those first two months of season he did reach greater heights than Lindelof arguably did throughout the course of the campaign but again I mean, recent weeks sure 
at fault at Huddersfield. He was at fault for Bernardo Silva's goal in the derby as well. It's, it's a little. There's. I suppose it was slightly surprising that not that he won it, but I think they said on stage that he was well ahead of everyone else. Uh, mm. You'd have thought maybe because the voting opened relatively recently, people would have factored mm. in those mistakes. And yeah, I mean, we only did our own poll on it. Wednesday night and Lindelof was clear winner in that yeah. one as well. Yeah. So it was just shows a, just shows we target the correct demographic. Whereas, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it would be a surprise if Shaw had got many votes after the weekend, considering that footage of him ambling back against Huddersfield. Maybe it was because he, he knew he had the the award in the bag. In the bag, yeah, he's not <laughs> showboating. <laughs> that got a few more retweets last night. I noticed in uh, after in the wake announced. of yeah, yeah. It, it's um, I mean it's one of those where as a manager you would tell your players you don't want your players sprinting after the ball like a headless chicken but, but at the same to, time you do want them to at least look like trying to get still back alive. in position it didn't reflect brilliantly mm. on him but I mean it was a two horse race between Shaw and Lindelof I don't think anyone else would be even close to that was I was going to ask you because it, I mean the glaring thing is Pogba was the one who made the PFA team, team of the year but mm. not even mentioned really in the player of the year stakes oh well, MUTV mentioned oh, it yeah. sure they, <laughs> they've got about four hours to fill up yeah oh. it is quite strange that Pogba's returns in goals and assists is actually very high alright a lot of those have been penalties yet he's not in the running for or, or certainly we never considered him in the running for player of the year and no it, it just he, shows he might have got third there I mean statistics can be easily twisted mm. to, to suit your agenda and there's no way he should have been in the PFA team of the year or um, or come close to winning the the, the, the player mm. of the year at United he was exceptional for two months two and a half months other than that uh, I think he's pretty much symbolised everything that's wrong with United but you both agree that Shaw was at least in the, the top two United players this season and ahead yeah, of Rashford top, or yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd have it was. I, I'd have gone Lindelof first, Shaw second. So What's, it's not that controversial. No, he not did win it really. No. I guess while we're on the terms of awards, I'm going to make some awards up on the top of my head now. What, what's been your best moment of the season? Is it as simple as PSG away? I, unfortunately, I can't really be any more controversial than that. No hipster choice for my. No, review. no. I'm it, trying to think of a hipster choice right now, but it's it's impossible to get away from that. Really, probably just that Tottenham away in the league. <laughs> that that five minute spell from Dallow's shot hitting. Hitting Kim Pembe's arm and the actual goal going in. That was that was pretty extraordinary. Mm-hmm. Like, even some Liverpool fans celebrated that in the press box, didn't they? Slightly um slightly hipsterish choice would be the atmosphere at Chelsea away in the FA Cup. Good. That was great, yeah. That was was that when I lose at the wheel was at its height. Monday night game. The 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 away following at uh, Chelsea is Incredible. is impeccable. Yeah. That 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 was that was pretty good. That that would be a, a niche choice, but it would certainly be worthy of as, as Ty's just done there, giving it, it um giving it some airtime. It, it obviously wasn't better than PSG, but no. I just thought I should try and bring a niche niche choice to the table. Yeah, so I was going to ask who signing of the season was. So you've got three choices: <laughs> signing, signing of Fred, the Grant, or Delow. Who are you going for, and why? Some of those Lee Grant warm ups have been exceptional. Yeah. And he came on against Derby, made a very good save. Ooh, a very Derby. good save. I really thought he was going to win the shootout for United then as well, but no, it wasn't to be. Uh, Crikey, do, do contract players count? If you're going off actual signings on a piece That's of what paper, though, maybe McTominay. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. But yeah. Fred or Delow, who has been the best? Do you think for this season? Because one race, surely. Jesus, um, it's got to be Delow. Do you think so? The, 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 because I do the quirk, get the delay, but the quirk with Fred is that 
he's literally had a handful of good performances, but mm. on that hand, there's PSG yeah. and there's Barcelona. Yeah. Although saying that in this week, the the, the two biggest bottle jobs in in Europe, they don't look European like good wins at all. No, no, no. There's got to be retrospective <laughs> depreciation for that. Uh, I think Dallo's done done all right. Mm. He he had the injury to contend with at the start and. Um, I mean, he's had to change positions as well I don't think that's really helped him. Mourinho always said it would be his second season where he really pushes on yeah. the low do you, do you think he is the, the right first choice right back for next season or do you think someone else has to come in I think he's got to just be played at right back um, they've, they've switched him to left back a couple of times he's playing the right wing there's this thought process with academy coaches sometimes that players need to play in a number of positions I don't think that's always particularly healthy you've seen it before with some United like Welbeck in recent years he started out as a striker and then he's on the wing and slowly but surely even Rashford yeah no, Rashford as well like, I think Skulls made the point last week what's what's his role He's not. Is he a striker probably not is he a winger well he's not been playing there that much recently so sometimes there's a bit of an identity crisis that develops just through playing square pegs and round holes. I think it's a shame that Delo has not been given a run at right back towards the end of the season. Yeah. So that we know yeah. whether he is the right back for next season, because I certainly don't think Ashley Young should be the right back for next season. I don't think so. I'll learn a lot. No offence to the pre- no, playing no. right back pre-season. No, no. To, to no, Fosu Mensa was good there. And Solskjaer yeah. said he wants his players in by the start of pre-season, yeah. which is a lot easier said than done in, in the modern transfer market. But it feels now like they're going in unsure Unless they've seen enough or not enough in training to know that he's not, it, it feels like we're a little bit unsure whether he is the best choice at right back next season or whether they need to, to sign a, a right back next season. So it, it seems it's been a bit, I think it's been a bit of a waste not to give him a run of four or five games towards the end of the season at right back just to see what he can do. For contrast, Samuel, can you pick your low point of the season? The yeah, this, the this, I'm not going to say Everton either. I would say the first half against Newcastle in the home game. Yeah. Two 0 down. That that was just. It, again, it was it was kind of like you know it was absorbing car crash television. If you're watching, on, you know from that perspective, it, it, going into the game with the the report about Mourinho possibly getting it that weekend, and then the players turning that first half performance, it was like just just sack some of these players now if you're going to sack the manager. Worse well. than West Ham. Worse than Brighton. <sighs> Yeah, worse I've, than Valencia, yeah. worse than uh, Young Boys. The, the, the weird thing is, I think, I think the first half at Bournemouth was probably, in terms of pure was amateurish awful. awfulness, was probably the most mm. awful. But they were level at the break, and if they weren't level at the break, they probably wouldn't have won that game. Um, but the Newcastle one, with what the fans were chanting about the board and everything, you thought, Christ, this is like this is end of day stuff here. Possibly, it's, it was full on mutiny. But of course, it was tempered by the second half comeback Tyron do you uh, concur or is there any other yeah I mean that was before my my time here but I remember the, the poisonous atmosphere and the astonishment at, at seeing the scoreline when they were 2-0 down um, given the build up to the game I think I think it's hard to get away from Everton on a more recent <laughs> So, I'm trying desperately <laughs> to get away from it, but it you, was just you just got to laugh so, about it now. So, I, mean, I think I was laughing about it at the time yeah. as well. It was it was one of those where it got so bad in the second half, you were just laughing and thinking this is this is comical. This is and so especially because it had been such a high before. I mean, the Mourinho, the Newcastle one was almost building towards yeah. it. You're like, you know, but the, for Everton to think yeah. how 
good they'd been. It was also the way before. that on the Friday, Solskjaer had kind of, it's the first time he'd really changed tack with the players and he'd given that reality check message. Yeah. He'd given another message in his Sunday section about how some of these players aren't going to be here next year. Players are fighting for their futures. And then 48 hours later, they go and turn that in when they've just had a public dressing down that you kind of expect. As a manager, when you use that tactic, you probably expect some kind of reaction and to get that reaction I think was probably the moment Soscar thought God this really is bad some of these are really <laughs> yeah. are a lost cause yeah. and then when he walked into press conference afterwards and just ripped them apart basically yeah I guess it's alarming that we've listed off so many bad performances and it's only taken oh, yeah. till last last two weeks and to yeah. be out of the Champions League race altogether yeah. finally what what are your expectations for next season it's very early to say. I understand As in, that. By expectation, she strictly mean what do you expect? Yes. What do you expect? Rather than the hope. Uh, I mean, the hope could be good because we could retweet I, it next I, year. I, when... If Jesus, I mean, there are so many, so many if spots and maybes. If they recruit sensibly, which is a gargantuan if, then they've got to be looking to finish in the top four because the quality outside the top two is dirge really Chelsea um, might have the transfer ban so they're disadvantaged Um, Arsenal I just can't work them out sometimes you look at Lacazette and Aubameyang and Aubameyang's one of those players if he was that good he wouldn't have spent five and a half years at Dortmund and then gone to Arsenal at that time but players like him and Lacazette are at that level whereby the Europa League is food and drink to them and it is easy but they easily get found out as well at the same time Uh, so I could see United maybe scraping a top four finish um, and then they've just got to go for one of the cups because the Premier League is it's, it's just not going to happen I mean I was told a while ago that Solskjaer had, had said like in this private chat that um, that it's full copy didn't make full copy unsurprisingly some a lot of it was cut was that he said that there was just zero chance of challenging Liverpool and City next season and he's not even pretending to conceal that now he's talking about how it would be a miracle to challenge for it Um so yeah, it's it's top four and maybe the odd cup win or, or cup you know cup run to to, to really get to, again. to get those you know get that eighties feel back of United going again yeah cup yeah, run so, yeah well nostalgia sells well doesn't it so it does yeah <laughs> maybe not especially maybe not, with United yeah. maybe not United in the eighties but we'll have to go uh, Tyrone do you can go yeah I think top top four um, should I think if you don't finish the top four it'd be a failure next year given Chelsea you know a transfer ban and probably lose their best player given that the standard like I said the standard outside the top two is inconsistent you'd expect Tottenham to be third again next year especially if they recruit this year and I do think they've been a little unfortunate with injuries this season so I would think those top three aren't catchable but Arsenal and Chelsea should easily be catchable so I think top four should be the minimum aim league wise and a cup run and then I mean, a lot rests on whether Solskjaer is the right man for the job. And he certainly showed potential for for being so at the start of the season. But I don't see any reason why, if they don't get recruitment right, they can't be challenging for the title within three years. We shall wait. Two, three years. (laughs) With a different manager, probably. Well, that's the the question. That if, If it next season goes badly and move on to another manager, then we're back to... 
we're almost back to yeah. square one. Well, we'll play this back to you next year when Mike Freeland's Man United has finished ninth behind Leicester and Wolves. Well, as well. that's we'll that's that. that's the thing about it. And and Solskjaer did was it last week or recently touched upon it. Like they've got to be careful about the teams who are coming well, up behind them. Watford, Le- Leicester have got the potential to have a really really good season next season. They have got for all his faults, they've got a good coach. Um, their first team is probably I'd say it's probably the best outside the top six uh, on, on paper yeah I, I probably like in terms of talent yeah. ability mm. um, collective quality I, I'd say they, they've probably got a better side than Wolves Wolves have got to look at this season and think you know Chelsea are there for the taking um, given their transfer ban so I, I'd, I do hope it's more competitive rather than just the usual top six bilge because it is it is becoming a bit excessive now how that's just they're just cut off from the rest it would be good to see Everton um, show a bit more about themselves next season Wolves and Leicester's challenge Th- those are the three main teams you're looking at who you could think they've they've got to really get on the top six as coattails next season I think if they don't do that next season it's very difficult to envisage when, when they're ever going to do it because these teams have spent an awful lot of money in recent years well, we shall see it's got to be an exciting summer for all of us anyway uh, Tyrone thank you very much for joining us Roger. Samuel you as well we'll be back next week to look back at whatever happens against Carr this weekend please do leave a like subscribe if you haven't already and join us again next week